And a happy Friday to you. This is Trevor Hall, and you are listening to Mining Stock Daily. Thank you for tuning in once again. Today, we have a great in-depth interview that we are going to run for you with my friend and colleague and sponsor of this show from Brixton Metals, Gary Thompson. Brixton is a sponsor of Mining Stock Daily, and we thank them for their support. In the interview today, we go in-depth mainly about their Atlin and Thorn projects, uh, they do have two other projects in their portfolio, the Hog Heaven and Langus projects. Uh, but we spend a lot of time kind of diving deep into both the projects in British Columbia. It's got a lot of good information about how they're going to be diving into exploration of those two projects here this spring and into the summer. But before we get to that interview, I would like to thank not only Brixton Metals for their support and sponsorship, but also Western Copper and Gold, Integra Resources, and a new sponsor that we've just been welcoming in, that's Pacific Empire Minerals. Thank you so much for your uh, efforts and uh, supporting this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. And one more quick reminder, please be sure to tune in later after market close today as Mickey Fulp and I dive into the Metals Money and Markets Weekly. That can be found at kitco.com about an hour or so after market close later this afternoon. Again, that's Metals Money and Markets Weekly exclusively at kitco.com so without further ado i will jump into my conversation with gary thank you so much again for tuning in and for all your ears and attention and all your feedback as always we'll see you on the end mr gary thompson good to connect with you once again welcome back to mining stock daily how are we finding you today yeah i'm doing well thanks and uh yeah so far so good we had a couple of good days it felt like summer already so uh but today it's looking like uh, April showers is going to bring some May flowers, so we'll, we'll look forward to that. Well, I have a number of questions for you, Gary, so let's just get started and jump right into it. So it's my understanding you have budgeted about $1.8 million for drilling and exploration work this year, and a large majority of that will be earmarked for the Atlin project in British Columbia. Uh, why is Atlin now becoming the flagship property within the company's portfolio, or do you even consider it the company's flagship property yet? Um, yeah, I actually don't consider it necessarily the flagship. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of one of those, uh, one of those, uh, things, um, it's hard, hard to choose, you know, it's like, which, which child do you, uh, do you, do you like the best, right? It's, um, each one of them, each one of our four wholly owned assets, I think has a unique opportunity. Um, they've all generated, um, spectacular drill results to date, um, but I guess in uh you know, junior company with limited funds, um, you've gotta you've gotta sort of pick one to uh I guess to sort of lead lead the um lead the charge on. I mean last year we two thousand eighteen we actually spent uh four million bucks across four projects with probably closer to two on on the Ontario Langus and Hudson Bay mines. Um I guess part of the strategy this year was to um you know, look at uh, really look at high grade gold, and if if you look at our portfolio, you know the Montana asset is polymetallic, more silver rich. Um, Ontario is is silver and cobalt, and maybe potentially diamonds. Um, and Thorn is uh, a gold, silver, copper, porphyry potential, um, and sort of Atlan is really the only one that's, I guess, primarily high grade gold. Um, so we do have about a $2 million budget. It's currently 
probably two thirds Atlin and one third um, Thorn. So it is a, I guess, a more focus on on Atlin this year. But we uh, we do plan to do some work at the Thorn uh, project as well. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, I want to focus on Atlin and, and get to Thorn here in a little bit. Um, sure. But now it's my understanding over hundreds of thousands of ounces of gold from placer, uh, excuse me, placer mining had been historically covered there uh, at Atlin from the likes of Homestake Mining. Yet you're eyeing the hard rock source of these ounces, correct? Yeah, that is correct. In fact, Homestake was also hard rock mining. Um, they they're, they were uh, a gold mining company um, that was acquired by Placer Dome. Um, so there, but how the yellow jacket, um, deposit was discovered was basically in the bottom of the placer mining pits. Um, you know, what, when the placer miners, they basically get the gravel and they get usually where they're getting most of the, the, the gold is right above bedrock. So they usually get down as far as they can and basically scrape the bottom uh, of the pits and on, on the bedrock. Once they're into bedrock, then they're into hard rock mineral tenure. And so they would have dug into some gold veins, and then Homestake was in in there at the time, and then they had the mineral rights to it, so they got on it and drilled a bunch of holes around that. Um, so that's you know a bit of the bit of the history there, I guess. And interestingly, you know, Brixton it's taken us a couple of years, two years, and about I don't know fifteen plus uh, property deals to get to the consolidated land position we now have, which is um, close to 1,000 square kilometers. So ma- massive area, and it's still not the whole district. There's still, uh, you know, such a big area. Um, and, you know, what intrigued us by, by the area is if you look at the, you know, 40 by 40 kilometer area or something like that, um, almost all these drainages are generating uh, gold out of the, uh, out of the creeks. So when I look at it, it's like, well, that's that's one hell of a gold anomaly to begin with. Um, the fact that they've been producing gold out of here, you know, since uh, the late 1800s, since the gold rush days up to the Yukon. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, nobody's, as far as we can see, um, consolidated the land in under one tenure. So you've had a, a fragmentation of ownership, which is a classic problem in mining. You get into these old mining camps and there's just, there's too many owners and, and, uh, it's hard to do a systematic geological survey if you don't own all the land. So I think that's been a <clears throat> a milestone, um, you know, for any company to to do something like that in in a historic camp like that. Um, and so you know, Homestake was on. You know, they certainly that could have been part of the source of the gold. You know, one or two veins here and there doesn't explain the district scale uh, gold that's coming out of here. So what we're trying to do is is understand the controls to the gold mineralization and and identify, um, you know, the, the, basically the source for all that placer gold, whether it's in veins or in the intrusion or, or whatever sources it. You know, my guess is probably all all of the above, um, and it's not one deposit; it's probably multiple deposits throughout throughout the area. So let's talk. I want to ask you real quick because uh, you sent a photo to Dave Kranzer of Mining Stock Journal, who also collaborates with me on uh, the podcast of uh, that big gold nugget, basically the size of almost somebody's hand that potentially came from this area. Is it, what's the history of that of that nugget that, yeah, you, that you shared? You know, I can't I can't really comment too much on it because it was it was only flipped to me by 
<clears throat> one of the uh, one of the vendors that we acquired some claims from. So he, he's, I, I, you know, all I can say is that it, I was sent to, it was sent to me by someone that worked in the area. <clears throat> but I can tell you, based on based on history, is that the largest nugget, the largest gold nugget ever found in Canada, 85 ounce nugget came came from the Atlin Goldfields. And there's a whole a whole plethora of nuggets smaller than that. I mean, 85 ounces that's a that's a big rock, big chunk of gold. But you know, there's 50, 20, 30, all the way down uh, down the list. You know, so generally fairly fairly coarse gold um, has has been found here. Um, so you have three of the four drill permits in place for Atlin right now. Is that correct, or have you got yes, your fourth? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're still. Uh, in touch with the uh ministry on on permitting and um i've been advised that it's it's uh it's coming so we're uh i guess waiting on uh waiting on that but uh there's not much we can do today anyways we're we're uh there's still a bit of snow up there so we're just probably a month away from from getting uh getting mobilized for initial uh, initial work and you know what we what we didn't want to do is rush in there and start start drilling um, we feel that there's some additional geological structural work, um, additional uh, geochem um, that we wanted to do uh, just to tighten up the targets a little bit. Um, I think we're close to uh, siting the drill, but uh, you know when we go to drill, we want to be as confident as, as we can be um, to do that. So we're we're just I guess we're we're um, being uh, patient and uh, and diligent on on the process, um, but as we speak, though we are flying an airborne uh, um, helicopter survey, which is like a, a stinger. It's like a uh, instrument that sits on the front of the helicopter, and so they can fly fairly low low elevation and and uh, tight line spacing. Um, so when we when we did we actually did a survey on the on the property we had. I guess originally, but that was about half the size of the property. And since, since we, you know, last couple of years now, we've obviously expanded the land um, pretty significantly. So now there's big chunk of land that we don't have uh, geophysics on. So that's going to just help um, define, uh, you know, maybe some of the units. And and uh, one good thing about uh, magnetics is it's good at um, helping to identify structures and. Uh, you know, we know some of the rock types, uh, like there's some magnetic um, ultramafic rocks that are highly magnetic. And then when you have structures or, or where, the, where those magnetic rocks get altered, then you can see potentially uh, mag, magnetic destructive zones, which are basically <clears throat> a low, so if you get a low linear magnetic signature within a, <clears throat> within a large magnetic high, that's a good indication you've got you've got some structure and potentially alteration and and thus potentially mineralization through that. So that that's why we do that sort of thing. And so when is that when do you expect that data to be fully gathered and processed and 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 ready for your eyes? Yeah, I would say probably in the next uh 3 or 4 weeks. Okay. Um assuming that they're actually flying it as we speak. Um you know, the surveying is probably less than a week to actually survey it and then it's uh probably a couple of weeks of processing. Okay. What about uh, some more expected news flow from Atlin? Is there anything else that might be catalyst for uh, for news coming out this spring or into the summer, other than just mobilization and, and drilling, specifically yeah, with the Atlin I, project? I, I, I think so. I think it's going to be. I mean, the real catalyst for us is going to be the drill results themselves. 
Um, yeah, we'll have some news flow on on some updates uh, that were you know so when we start drilling or when we start mobilizing crews. Um, we're still waiting on some information out of Thorn um, from work that was done by uh, UBC's MDRU, uh, which is a mineral deposit research unit. Um, so that work is near final, I think. So that'll be just more of an update on Thorn. Um, but it's going to be those drill results, and I'm guessing it's going to be by the time we actually get drill results in hand, we're probably talking July. Uh, would be my best guess at this point um, when we, when we should see those initial results. Okay, okay, it's actually a good segue. You talked about Thorn because I did want to kind of move into that, and I know you are excited about the Thorn project, mm-hmm. which is located in British Columbia's Golden Triangle. Um, you feel there is potential for a good copper gold porphyry system, and we kind of know that uh, the market has been rewarding uh, discovery for copper gold porphyry systems over the last year. Um, you've seen drill holes recover 95 meters of 1.71 grams per ton gold and 628 grams per ton silver there. Uh, but you are very much looking at some heavy copper mineralization as well. What's your plan for drilling at Thorn, and will there be an extensive um, uh, an extensive program as what we've seen at Atlin this year? Well, I mean, we we hope so um, on the drilling side, but initial our initial budget is uh, you know limited. Um, what we're planning to do initially is get in there, and so that that whole year reference of ninety five meters um, of one point seven gram gold, six twenty eight gram silver. That also had some base metals in it, and that is in a area one of I'd say one of three looks like porphyry targets that we have on the property. Um, in fact, most of the drilling was done in and around this old band breccia zone um, and some veins. So that's where we have the historical, um, not a historical, of 2014 uh, 21.5 million silver equivalent ounces. On, on the property that's on the old band Talisker and Glenfiddich zones. And so the thinking is there, uh, the, the two deepest holes that we drilled on, on the old band breccia zone, um, the deepest hole was 383 meters. That ended in 0.58% copper. Um, about 25 meters away from that was another hole that had um, 30 meters of 1.18% copper. So it looks like the has the zone um, is increasing in copper um, near the as we go deeper down. So the idea is um, to drill a deep hole, a one one deep hole at Oban um, in the sort of 900 to 1,000, maybe even 1,100 meters um, to test for a large deep porphyry system um, at depth at at Oban. So it's really a, it's kind of interesting because we we you know got onto this. Hole six. It was our really our big silver discovery hole. Obviously had gold and base metals, but it was mostly silver. Um, I mean, it was I think it was 900 gram silver equivalent um, over 95 meters was the hole, which is spectacular. That's like a half ounce gold equivalent um, if you combine all the metals. But um, what's interesting about that target is it has shares a lot of similarities to. Um, a well-known deposit in the Philippines called um, Far Southeast, and how they found that uh, it was a deep porphyry copper gold, quite rich copper gold porphyry. But how they found it was they similar to the 
brechazone, ditrine brechazone, which is similar to what we're drilling at Oban, um, they basically uh, recognized mineral fragments within the uh, breccia that they figured were sourced from a depth, and so they drilled down this brechazone, followed the followed the brechazone to to depth, and and led them into this. Um, I want to say like 43 million silver equivalent ounce deep porphyry deposit. So that's the prize. Um, that's that's the goal. That's the target. Um, so that's one of three porphyry targets that we have. The other one that is very compelling um, and has appears to have a large surface footprint is uh, the Chivas zone, where where we've spent. I think we've collected more than 2,000 soils, and and we have an IP geophysical survey. We we did drill about 10 holes on it, um, but when we were drilling that target in 2017, it was primarily focused on the gold. We've got a, a large, I don't know, three and a half kilometer by kilometer wide uh, gold and soil geochem signature, and uh, now we're recognizing that it, there's an overprint of gold and and copper and moly. And so we think we're on to a large-scale copper-gold porphyry system there. And the copper anomaly itself is uh, greater than greater than a cop, uh, kilometer uh, wide. And we did pull some pretty good, uh, I think, over 1% copper um, up to from, from surface sampling. And uh, so the, the thinking is to go back, do some more mapping, some follow-up rock sampling, just to kind of tighten up the target a little bit. And then now, now we're talking, you know, summertime. Uh, hopefully, we'll have the results back from the Oban Brecha Zone, and we think that uh, obviously, if, you know, if that comes back, uh, I guess half as good as we think it, it could be, uh, then we should be in a position to raise additional funds that would allow us to do some follow-up drilling on this Chivas Zone. So we'll do some we'll do some work, but it won't won't be drilling on that. We don't have a budget for that yet. Um, that'll be a, a later season budget if if one comes around. Okay, okay, and potentially maybe going back to the markets later this year, or maybe next year. Or what What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be later in the year. I guess um, you know, Thorn is a is a, I mean, it's a great project. It's got huge potential. Um, big district scale system but we're we're challenged by uh, seasonality there so we can work from like i don't know may till october end of october something like that so put a five maybe five six month window there um so we hope to be able to get back in there and 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 end the season there at thorn um what's unique about the outland goldfields project is um we actually think we can drill all year round there even though it does get does get snow and there's a little bit of snow there left now, but it's generally not much, like a couple feet. Um, and because of the road network and, uh, and and close to town and easy access and all that, um, we we think we can. Uh, well, I haven't we haven't drilled all year round there yet, but the idea is at least it potentially could drill all year round in Atlin. So that's something if we move into the fall, um, you know, we could we could certainly push late in the season there. You know whether we drill all year round. That's going to depend on, I guess, how good our results are and and how much funding uh, we're able to attract. Okay. Um, is is there any updates on accessibility to Golden Triangle uh, there in British Columbia? I know what I've heard uh, the last year or two is, I mean, there's a lot of people doing. There's great exploration work up there, but one of the biggest problems is just its actual 
a physical location and it's hard to reach, plus its seasonality. Is there any push uh, from the province about improving infrastructure and accessibility to the area at all that you've heard on your end? Um, yeah, I think they're looking at it. I know they're, I mean, that they did push in a power line, um, you know, uh, up that, up that way. So there is better access to, uh, to grid power. And I, I, I saw a proposal that they would push that right up through the rest of the province as well. So that is certainly opening, uh, opening things up. Um, you know, I think it's on a case by case basis as far as roads and that sort of thing. Usually, like if you look at, uh, you know the mines that were up up there, uh, SK Creek. They you know they punched a road in there. So when you get to mine, when you get to mine stage, then you know like even Galore Creek, they're looking at options to get roads in there. And um, so I think when you're at mine stage, you've got something uh, something significant uh, that's going to make good economics. I think the road option it just becomes a line item for you on your on your cost to build the thing. Sure. Sure. Well, it sounds like uh, Brixton's got a lot of attention this year on both Atland and Thorn. Uh, can investors expect to see much news flow from your other projects, uh, Langus or Hog Heaven? Um, oh, it's a good question. We don't have a budget this year yet for either of those two. Um, the thinking was not to spend um, much money, if any, on on them this year. Not not to uh, repeat from last year's try and spread the budget we have across too many projects. So. Um, but one of the things we are looking for, while well, still waiting on results from our Kimberlite discovery from last year at, at Langus, that could be out sometime this summer. We're, we're not sure when. It's a slow, tedious process. Um, so that's a bit of a wild card. Right now it's it's really zero, but um, so you never know. Um, and then Hog Heaven, we um, basically have a number of uh, CAs signed with uh, with companies to uh, look at the data and and see if there's any uh, potential uh, joint venture type deal on on the property. So we're we're looking at that, um, you know, with the right deal, um, you know, but, you know, we'd like to see we'd like to see it advanced, and uh, you know, the more we look at it, uh, the more we like it. It's and that's actually we're in the process of putting together a 3D um, model and uh, slash movie that will be published uh, probably in the next uh, four to six weeks. Um, so we've got most of that data in hand. It's just cobbling it together and editing it and all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of neat because it's you know it's you fly in Google Earth and and then fly into the zone and kind of spin it around and then you know look at some of the drill results and what's it look like from you know from a geological point of view and and there's tons of targets on that um that light up pretty well on on there so it's um you know some pretty uh pretty nice holes on on that when we look at that there's we got these high grade feeder structures that uh we're quite intrigued by that um haven't seen much more work so we're pretty keen to get some work done there at some point but uh whether it's a partner or maybe we just have to wait for better markets i don't know but uh you know, at some point we'll get some we'll get some work on that thing. Okay, that looks pretty good. Well, I think it was last week you actually put out a little bit of news about Hoghaven that they had some historic drill results, uh, even though they were kind of non-compliant um, drill results. I was just kind of curious, and I think our listeners would be interested to know why you thought it was important that uh, those historic drill results be shared. Yeah, because I mean, so when that was done, those 
the drilling that we reported were done in the 70s and 80s. They were done by a private company. The company was sold to uh, another company that basically inventoried the project. So that information was never made public. Um, and when we went through all the data and process, and we said, well, you know, wow, that's 722 holes. That's a lot of drilling, 60,000 meters. Where's the best gold holes? And where's the best silver holes? And where's the best copper holes? And so when we did that, we came up with these, you know, five five best holes. And I thought, wow, that's actually pretty impressive intercepts. Um, and some of them, like one of the ones that I, I like is 18 meters of about a half ounce gold equivalent. <clears throat> four and a half percent copper, four and a half grams of gold, and seven forty-five grams silver. Um, that's a pretty good hole. And and there's some other ones to me that look like almost like porphyry style mineralization. You know, hundred meters of like hundred ninety-eight meters of almost a gram of gold and half a percent copper. Like that's those are porphyry kind of grades. Um, <clears throat> and and intervals. So we've got this interesting high-grade feeder zone that I don't think is appreciated. Um, certainly not appreciated in the market, that's for sure. Um, so we thought it was important for people to at least, you know, see that there are some some pretty impressive intercepts here, and that'll get highlighted as well in this movie that we're making. Um, <clears throat> so it's a real, I think it's a real gem of an asset that hasn't seen, you know, any material work um, in the last 20 years on the thing. And again, it was held in a private company and tucked away in another company. Um, so. You know, unless you're really following Brixton and know that we have it, um, most people are kind of unaware of it. I think. So we're trying to bring some, uh, bring a bit of a spotlight to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't have a budget ready to do much on it yet. Uh, I think you know that time will come, and it is an advanced stage project. So I think you know we know there's lots of companies uh, out looking for for assets, and everybody's trying to optimize their assets. And uh, you know, we we as well, we're trying to figure out how do we how do we add value to shareholders and and uh, advance these things? Um, you know, in a we'll say a financially strained uh, time in the sector, right? It's uh, so we're we're in good shape. I mean, we we own these things. We got low holding costs, so we're not uh, you know we're not in a rush necessarily to do do anything, and you know, necessarily not going to give these things away. But uh, you know, I think with the right deal structure, we could uh, see the thing advance and you know maintain uh, maintain some interest in it and. Um, you know, trying trying to create that, uh, trying to unlock the value really in these things, and that's that's part of the game. Yeah. Uh, one last question before I let you go. Uh, you recently got listed on the OTC venture market with the symbol BBBXF. Have you seen uh, any more liquidity in the U.S. since that move? Um, we have actually seen more more buying out of uh, out of the U.S. In fact, we're. Uh, this month we're going to be uh, pushing into uh, into the U.S. to get more more marketing in the U.S. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily because of it, the ticker, um, but certainly people that now we're meeting, you know, have uh, I guess have an easier access to to acquire Brixton shares uh, than they did previously. So I think it's going to help as we go forward and as we you know continue to uh, push into new markets in the U.S. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to open some uh, doors and certainly get more more eyes on the deal. All right, Gary. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you this spring as you uh, mobilize into BC a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, Trevor. I appreciate that, and and uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. All right. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye.
Mining stock dealings affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein.